This is Temple in Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Yes, welcome into Temple and Heilprin. Live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. We're here every Thursday from 6 to 7 throughout the entire football season and into basketball season as well. I am missing my co-host tonight, Jess Temple, making his way down to West Lafayette where Wisconsin will take on Purdue tomorrow night. He's actually got some golf to play tomorrow morning. I'm not saying that's the reason why he's not here tonight, but I am also not saying that's not the reason. So there is that. Uh, he, however, was able to spend a few minutes with me earlier this week. We're going to be hearing from him uh, as we preview Purdue coming up a little bit later in the show. We also obviously will get our week three picks. No, week four picks. Week four picks. He is off to a flying start. He's 11-7. and seven. I'm 7-11, and 11, so I've got some catching up to do. I'm confident I'm going to be able to make that up confident i'm gonna be able to make that up so we'll see how that goes but uh, yeah that that coming up here a little bit later in the show again we are at monks and it is a great place to come and watch football whenever you have an opportunity to do so especially during badgers and packers games you can get uh, 15 dollars domestic buckets and jello shots for every touchdown the packers and badgers score so um, expecting quite a, a scoring fest tomorrow night down in West Lafayette. We'll get, as I said, we'll get to predictions coming up here in a little bit. But uh, this is a great place to watch it and some great TVs. We've got some football coming up tonight. I believe Georgia State taking on Coastal Carolina and then NFL with the 49ers and the Giants. So, uh, again, Monks and Parade, great place to be. While I am not, uh, while I'm by myself here, I'm not by myself totally. I have managed to wrangle in an award-winning host to join me, at least for a few segments here. It is Grant Bills from the Wisco Sports Show, the award-winning Wisco Sports Show. Grant, I appreciate you sticking around and, and jumping on here. No, I wouldn't miss it. The, the only bummer is I can't get to Monks for the second half of the show because the studio is on the other side of town. But um, you're correct about it being a great place to watch football. I was there two weeks ago with you guys, and we took in a good amount of football. Uh, my show is award-winning. We even talk Badgers tonight, which sometimes gets buried in only a two-hour show. Yeah, because Packers and Brewers, sometimes the Badgers get buried, uh, at least until the season gets hot and heavy. But tonight we did talk Badgers, yeah. Well, you know what? I have an apology to make to you. Because uh, it might have been last year, it might have been the year before, I called you a college football casual. And I want to apologize for that. Because I now think you are a college football savant, a college football expert. I think you put in a lot of effort here. I think Ben Kenny kind of rubbed off on you a little bit, and you put in a lot of effort, and I think uh, your, your college football knowledge has stepped up significantly in the last year and a half or so. Well, you are the company you keep. I do spend a lot of time around you. I, I talked plenty with Ben Kenny. So. And, and Ben, weirdly, you're not wrong, Ben weirdly did rub off on me. Like, for some reason, I, I care about Brian Ferentz and the scoring totals for Ooh. Iowa, and I care about what's going the drive on with for Nebraska football. The drive for 25. Uh, are people the calling it that? Three twenty-five, which is that's what they're calling it down there. You know how upset they are about that right now. They are so upset that the focus has been on you. Put it in his contract. What do you expect people to focus on? He he needs to get three hundred twenty-five points this this year to potentially keep his job. And you think people are not going to be tracking that? Like, come on now. Well, especially college football fans. So, we we track flights. Yes, like we college football fans are nuts. Right? You can't give them that. That's chum yes. in the water. Well, you, you think you think tracking flights is new? Tracking flights is not new, sir. Two thousand summer of two thousand eight, people were tracking Brett Favre's flights, that is right. and 
where he was coming up from, you know, from uh, Louisiana, whether he's going to be in Green Bay, and then it was the year later, it was where is he flying to? Minnesota? Is he flying to New York? Like that was, yeah, there were. There was some there was some tracking back then, so I think it's football fans in general, but college football fans are a little bit crazier, I would say, sometimes than than NFL fans. But in terms of uh, college football and fans, speaking of fans, you have the pulse of the fans. I've heard, I've been told that you have the pulse of the fans because you take so many calls on your show and hear from fans every single day. I wanted to get into a little bit of how fans view these first three games for Wisconsin because me and Jesse both cover the team. We're so close to it; it's hard to. You know, we get I get tweets and we answer, you know, fan questions on the camp and I and I, that that's part of it. But I wanted to get you know, you talk to guys, you talk to fans on a regular basis, and I'm wondering if they feel that this has been a disappointing first three weeks. Is it about what they expected? Are they disappointed? Are they probably not uh, probably not overjoyed with what it is? But what what has been the feel around? fans and how they view what has happened so far in Madison. Well, the callers I talked to tonight, um, a couple, uh, Vagabond John, who calls a lot of the zone shows, he was very tempered from the beginning, right? He's like, wait wait a minute, guys, we got a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, a lot of new talent. This is going to take time. And also Tanner Mordecai, it's exciting that we got a transfer and a guy who's put up massive numbers, but he's been in college for this many years and he's played at multiple places now for a reason. So I think some Badgers fans were tempered from the start, but I think a majority of Badgers fans were amped. We're thinking 10 or 11 wins, and, and I talked to a caller, Pete, who's in Monona tonight, and he said after non-conference play, he's like, okay, so it's it's the same as always. He's thinking 7-5, and five, somewhere in there, and, and the expectations are I mean, right back normal, down to where we used okay. to be. Well, you're right. I mean, that's, that's a little bit normal. below normal. You're correct, yeah. His words, not mine. Yeah. I mean, 7-5 and five is getting you – I mean, consistent 7-5 and five is getting you fired at Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean that's that. And Paul Chris went, you know, again the, the Paul Chris situation is a little bit different than going seven and five. Uh, there were certainly uh, cracks the previous year, and, and cracks certainly in early in last season, and some of the things that he didn't want to do that Chris McIntosh wanted to do, and there's there's a reason for that. But seven and five, if you know if Luke Fickle's going seven and five, maybe not this year, but if he's going consistently seven and five, that's getting you fired. Yeah, and I, I think trends get coaches fired, too. Like, if you look over a two- or three-sample, sure. they're negative trends, and you can connect the dots from one year to another, or or one player or one coordinator to the next, and there's disturbing trends that go from year to year or person to person. I think that gets coaches fired, too. I, I was talking with callers tonight about what happens if the Badgers go out tomorrow night. Let's be positive for a sec. What happens if they go to Purdue yeah. and they do what they've done for 20 years now and they roll the Boilermakers? Is there... Maybe an opportunity for Badgers fans to say, there it, there it is. It's clicking now. This is what we've been waiting for, and it arrived just in time for non-conference season. I, or conference season. I think that's a possibility. I, I think we could, we could, I don't know, get an awesome win, and, and the expectations go right back up after kind of a disappointing first three weeks. Don't you think that? I, th- I mean, I think it depends on what hap- how it plays out. But if it plays out like you're saying, like they go down and roll them and it's not a close game and they blow them out and it's you get to see the offense that you were expecting during fall camp where they're putting up big numbers and you see a defense that's not just creating turnovers but also limiting yards and they roll them, as you said, yeah, heck yeah, there's the expectations are going to go right back up. Now, do I think that's going to happen? Eh, probably not. But I also think that why, and we, me and Jesse talk about this later in the show, but it, it's a measuring stick game for Wisconsin. It's a, this is another first-year coach, and Ryan Walters. Now he took over a different program than Wisconsin did, but if you remember, 
uh, Purdue went to the Big Ten Championship game last year. This is the defending, and it's been hilarious to listen to guys say this, but it's the defending Big Ten West <laughs> Champions house that they're rolling into. That's right. Uh, several guys several guys said that on Tuesday, and I had to do everything I could from stop laughing, but it's the truth. It is. It's the defending champions. Now, do they look anything like the Purdue squad that was in that game? No. But that's where, I mean, that's that's kind of where they're going. But in terms of, I think this is a measuring stick game, and just in terms of where Wisconsin wants to be, and they're not where they're where they want to be at this point. Luke Fickle said as much when we talked to him on Monday. It's a situation where they were expecting to know who they were and um, know what they could lean on and know that they would and exactly what would show up every single week. And that has not been the case so far. So, yes, tomorrow is a huge, huge game. And if they come out and smoke them, like you said, then yes, the expectations will go way up. If it happens the other way around. Gosh, um, my Twitter feed's going to be an absolute disaster. And that's usually how I, I judge how the game went, is how many questions you get for the camp. And when it goes well, you get about 30. And when it goes badly, like it did at Washington State, you get about 80. And so that's, uh, that's kind of how I ju- have been able to judge how people are feeling. So Wisconsin's a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I, I think maybe the most likely outcome is Wisconsin wins, you know, let's say they win by 10 or they win by 13. So not a blowout and maybe a little underwhelming, but what we need to look for in some of these games, Zach, is just little things here and there, right? Where in a 10-point in a or a 13-point win, or if they're able to go handle Purdue as, as a favorite tomorrow night and as they've done for 20 years, we notice, oh, that there, there's a play that wasn't working the first couple of weeks. Maybe they're, they're starting to figure that out. Or you notice one little thing from the defense. It's like, ooh, that's, that's a new wrinkle, or that's something that looks like it's really coming together. I, I think the more likely scenario is slowly but surely – over the course of a couple of weeks, it starts to come together, and this starts to become the team that that we hoped. I don't know if it's realistic to think that the light switch is all of a sudden going to click, and they roll a team by 50, and there's the air raid, and there's the elite defense. I think it happens more slowly, don't you? Yeah, I think that's probably true and, and, a, and a good point. I, they are... I feel like they're... They're close in a lot of in a lot of areas because what we've seen in the third quarter when they outscore teams forty eight to seven that's the team that you thought you were going to see. Now, are you going to outscore everybody forty eight to seven every single quarter? Absolutely not. But you felt like you were in a position to consistently see that, and they just haven't been that team. And how can they figure it out? How can they make sure that they are that team coming out of the locker room to start the season, or excuse me, to start the game? Because that when you're talking about putting everything together, the third quarter is when you put it all together. Now, can we see some of those plays in the first half? And we've seen we've seen glimpses of it, Grant, but I just don't. It hasn't been consistent enough to say that's who they can be on a consistent basis. And we'll see tomorrow if that's if that's going to end up being the case or not. But um, the, the hype that we've talked about here, right? Who's to blame for that hype? Is it is it us? Well, is it us? The media? Are, are we the media? Are we? Because I want to say like Wisconsin plays a a big part of this too. And the way that they treated the hire of Luke Fickle, the way that they pumped up some of the transfers, and the way that that has all played out. And I, you know, and fans have taken things that the media have said and, and run with it. But I think it all comes back to the media. And I, I'm, I'm taking some blame here. I'm taking some blame that the things that we saw in spring ball and those things that we saw in fall camp, not necessarily mirages by any stretch, but maybe we put a little bit too much emphasis on it because that's what we had to go off of. Hmm. And to me, I think, yeah, we probably have to take a, lo- a lion's share of the blame for, for people's expectations and the hype that this season generated. 
Or well, do you disagree? Well, I know you're not. I know you're not much of taking. I know you don't like to take blame for anything. Well, it, well, I was just gonna say. I, I don't know if I'm in the media per se. You're in the media. You're credentialed. I'm. I'm yes. media adjacent. Yes. You know, I'm. I'm. Well, you got credentialed that one time. Well, you know, here and there, I, I dabble when I can. I. I am of the media. I'm. I'm not sure that I'm in the media per se. So maybe the blame falls. <laughs> More on you. I, man, what do you want the Badgers to do? What do you want the athletic department to do? You know, you, you have fans that are bummed that Jim Leonard got axed, and, and a lot of fans feel as though this is a departure from the Wisconsin football they know and love. Are they supposed to not sell it? Are we not supposed to sexy it up? Like Luke Fickle tweeting a video every time he gets a recruit. I don't know that that's leading fans on. I don't know that that's being unrealistic. That's just promoting your program. So I don't know. Fan, I don't know if you know this, Zach. Fan is short for fanatic. So I think some of this is just mm-hmm. baked in. We're going to get overexcited and we're going to have high hopes for all of our teams, no matter what, because that's what we do. I I don't I don't know that I, I blame anyone or hold anyone's feet to the fire. I, I don't know. I just think that's how sports work. All right. Well, the comments, the comment sections are just a little bit. You know, different. <laughs> they're just they're they're, they're sure. it's a tough scene sometimes, and this is just uh, obviously a reminder that you don't read the comments. Just don't read the comments, and you'll be fine. So, uh, I'm going to try and take that to heart going forward. But either way, it's it's irrelevant. Uh, we've seen the product on the field; it has lived up to the expectations, and we'll see if it does tomorrow night. Me and Jesse going to preview that game coming up here in a little bit. But next segment, Grant, I want to talk about coaches, Coach Fickle. Luke Fickle, I'm not going to call him coach, Luke Fickle and Greg Gard, and also the rest of the coaches in the state and where they've done and how they've done here in this first, what, nine months of the year. I want to rank the the coaches in this state, and I know exactly who's at the top, but I think it's a little interesting who may be at the bottom. Coming up, we'll, we'll talk about that coming up after the break. We are live at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie got some great happy hour specials uh on thursdays excuse me drink specials here on thursdays they've got uh, four four dollar spotted cow taps and five dollar long islands who doesn't enjoy a long island on a thursday that's me i love them love them also enjoying some beer here as well free upgrades on 22 ounce mugs during happy hour from three to seven monday through friday again we'll be back on the other side you're listening to temple in heilprin Yes, welcome back into Temple and Heilprin, live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. No Jesse Temple tonight. He's going to be joining me here in a little bit. I caught up with him earlier this week. He actually already drove down to West Lafayette. He's got a golf, he's got a tea time tomorrow morning. I don't know what I did uh, to manage to get co-hosts that uh, love to golf more than they love to be on the air. I, 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 didn't, uh, I did not expect that. Uh, but I am joined by the great Grant Bills back in the studio. I appreciate you sitting in, Grant, and helping out here as uh, Jesse is on his way to, to West Lafayette. Appreciate you having me. This is actually a dream of mine. I've wanted to be invited for a long time, and this was my end, so I'll take it. Well, I was, I, was, I was told this morning that you were like, oh, my God, Zach found the bottom of the barrel. But that's not true. <laughs> that, is, that is not true whatsoever. There were several people I did not ask. So you are you are definitely not. This is uh, something I've wanted to do for a very very long time, oh. um, and now I just got to get you on the, on the on the swing, right? Like because you're you're a big big Wisconsin basketball guy. I am a I am a bigger not that I don't like Wisconsin football, but I probably <laughs> talk more Badgers basketball, basketball on my show college football than I do because there's less going on in the winter. Like talking Packers and Brewers this time of year, college basketball there's just no? less going on in the winter. Okay, all right, gotcha. 
All right, so I wanted to get into this. It's not necessarily strictly a Wisconsin football or basketball topic, which is what obviously Temple and Heilprint's about. But it, it was, I thought about it because I was just based on the expectations for the season for Wisconsin football, wondering what kind of job Luke Fickle had done to this point. And what, you know, instead of just keeping a focus on him, I kind of wanted to rank what the state coaches have done to this point, 2023. And there's been a lot of really good performances and some not so great performances to this point. And it's still very early in the football season. The basketball season obviously hasn't started, but we do know what happened in January and February and March uh, for uh, both Marquette and for Wisconsin. There's a new coach for the Bucks, so we're not going to be uh, grading Adrian Griffin at this point, and certainly not going to be uh, grading Mike Budenholzer, because he would probably be at the bottom of most people's rankings. But I wanted to do this real quickly uh, as we uh, continue here at Monks in Sun Prairie. Uh, I'm going to give you my list, and you can give me yours. The number one ranking is the number one coach so far in 2023. It's not even close for me. It's got to be Craig Council. It's your boy, Craig Council, I should say. Yes. Just got a 700th win, about to win his third division title. He's doing it with an offense that has not been very good for much of the year. He's got a great pitching staff, but he's used them really, really well, even though some people don't always agree with taking guys in and, and leaving guys in or taking them out. So, I'm, But Craig Counts is number one for me. Uh, this is a, a little bit under the radar because a lot of people don't focus on it, but Kelly Sheffield and the Wisconsin volleyball team have been ridiculously good pretty much his entire tenure. But they are the number one ranked team in the country right now, and uh, – on his way to winning or favorites to win the Big Ten and probably will and in, 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 in the conversation for a national title. Number three on my list, Shaka Smart. Probably Badger fans don't want to hear that, but won the Big East. They won the double title. They won the regular season regular season, and won, um, uh, did not win the, did they win the conference title? They won the conference, uh, conference tournament title? That's the, now escaping me. I think they did. I think they did, yeah. The Big I, East title? Yeah. I think I'm, I'm trying to convince myself that they didn't, but I'm almost 100% sure they did. I'll look it up. They did. They did. They did. I, I, I don't know why I questioned myself. I, I knew that stuff. But Shaka Smart's number three on my list. Number four on my list right now, and it's only two games into the season, but Matt LaFleur's number four on my list. Very early, but it appears his offense runs quite well, even without the great Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love off to a fantastic start, six touchdowns, zero interceptions, and also has the best passer rating of anybody in the NFL. Number five on my list is Luke Fickle. Still very early, very early. Shades of some very good play, but obviously too many mental errors and seemingly at times feels feels a little unprepared at times because of some of those mental errors having too many guys on the field and that type of stuff lining up improperly but a lot of time left there and number six Craig guard the team can't the team couldn't close close games they had long off stretch a long offensive stretches without points no ncaa tournament and uh while he hit some uh some homers i think uh, in recruiting he's he's about to come up it appears a little bit, uh, a little bit lame in the Conkinupple recruiting uh, race. So he's number six on my list. What, what does your list look like? Is it much different than that among those six coaches? So this is just this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think if it's just this year, it would be hard to argue this. Craig Council, correct, and I could wax poetic about what he's done over the last six or seven years, but you're correct. And Craig Council is amazing because I think Zach, if you sat someone down and made them watch one Brewer game at some point in the summer. And then you turned off the TV and you told that person that this Brewers team was running away with the division and going to make the playoffs. They'd be like, what? Huh? Because there's just not much, unless you catch Corbin Burns or Woodruff or Peralta on an amazing night, there's just not much that jumps off the screen. And they have led the division the whole way, which is really hard to do. So I'm with you on council. Kelly Sheffield, I remember last winter, Zach, being out in lacrosse, weird animal house on Third Street, and the entire bar 
was watching Badger Volleyball with the sound on and reacting. And if you can get kids on the other side of the state almost to watch in a bar and build their their Friday or Saturday night experience around a, a Badger Volleyball playoff game, I think you've done something really impressive. I think that speaks volumes, don't you? That counts. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Shock is smart. I just don't want to rank them it that does. high. Sure. I just, I don't know. But you got them. Well, we... Who would you put it higher than that? Well, okay. We'll, we'll now ask the hard and questions. And the news, the okay. news did ju- Yeah, I mean, the, the news did just break uh, about 10 minutes ago. Conkinupple is committed to Duke. So neither uh, neither Greg Gardner or Shock Smart gets that guy to be able to put on their, their list. Um, rather significant loss there for Greg Gardner, probably more so than Shock Smart. But, yeah. Shaka Smart, Shaka Smart, what he did it at Marquette last year. Now, the fact is, they still didn't make it out of the first weekend of the tournament, which has become something of his M.O., but, yeah, it's that accomplishment-wise, third feels like a, a good spot for him there. You know what's annoying about Guard's career is you could go back to a couple of those tournament games, and if one bounce of the ball goes differently in the final 10 seconds, he's in an Elite 8 or 2. It's really annoying to me. It keeps me up at night thinking about it, especially in those early years when he first took over. It feels like so long ago, because I guess it was. Yeah, but, be- I don't know. Yeah, because it was. I mean, it's been almost 10 years. Uh, it, unfortunately for him, a lot of people will be yeah, like, yeah, those aren't his players. And to those to those people, I would say, well, he actually recruited most of those, like a lot of those guys to Wisconsin. And what do you think he just wasn't doing anything? He was just Bo Ryan doing everything in that in that moment? No. So, um, but yeah, since he's been all of his guys that he recruited as the head coach, he has not necessarily been able to take a, a team deep, and they've missed the tournament a couple times. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to really hype up Greg Gard. So I'm with you, Matt LaFleur, right after Shaka Smart. I just think Matt LaFleur is a really clever offensive coach. And I, I think the team will run more efficiently. I don't know that they'll win more games, but I think the offense will make more sense. It'll be more cohesive. Uh, and his offense appears to be pretty slick. So I'm with you. Luke Fickle over Greg Gard. I, I don't know. It just feels like we're ranking Luke Fickle a step higher than Greg Gard because we haven't seen a full season yet. I don't know. That feels a little bit unfair, but I totally get why you'd why you'd go that way. Yeah. So I mean, again, it's it's a uh, it's very unscientific ranking, and you know, Wisconsin uh, they have those two coaches. Wisconsin two coaches there, four and five, or I should say five and six. And obviously, Kelly Sheffield doing what he's done. They have a chance to to move up this year. Great guard and his club. They got their schedule this year. It's not easy whatsoever. Uh, they have a three game stretch where they play Marquette, then at Michigan State and at Arizona. It is going to be a very very difficult year, I think in terms of like competition but they have all the experience and hopefully they learned uh, you know not to go on 10 minute stretches without scoring the ball yeah we'll that's that, that was something of a focus here in the off season if you could avoid that you could win a <laughs> lot more games I mean, you put it that simply yeah basketball in the big 10 isn't isn't so hard totally yeah not not ideal so um all right we're going to come back on the other side and i'm going to catch up with jesse temple as we uh, break down what happens uh, tomorrow night purdue and wisconsin facing off Wisconsin looking for a 17th straight win over the Boilermakers. We are live here at Monks in Some Prairie. Come on by for the game. $15 domestic buckets of beer and jello shots for every touchdown the Badgers score tomorrow night. You're listening to Temple and Heil 3. Yes, welcome back to temple and heilprin we're at monk's bar and grill in some prairie we are here every week from six to seven 
leading into NFL football, already watching some college football here. Jesse's not with me, but he will be down with me in West Lafayette for the Purdue and Wisconsin game coming up on Friday nights. The Badgers looking to make it 17 straight. Wanted to get into the game here a little bit, Jesse. Uh, it is a, I, I think it has a chance to be a measuring stick game for Wisconsin in terms of where this season could potentially go. And I wanted to get your take on that right now because Purdue, first year of the Ryan Walters era, they are one and two. They've lost to Fresno State. They've lost to Syracuse at home. Uh, they did go beat Virginia Tech, but they have not uh, necessarily played great football to this point. The same could be said for Wisconsin, but it's two first-year coaches, two different situations, obviously, but this is the defending Big Ten West champion, of course. Everyone knows, everyone remembers that, their glorious run to the Big Ten championship game last year against Michigan. But how much of a measuring stick game do you think this is for where Wisconsin is as a program i think it's massive um as much as we were talking about the washington state game being a measuring stick game and it absolutely was it wasn't the only one this is way more important for, <laughs> obviously luke fickle talked about this earlier in the week he kind of compared the first three games to the preseason now he wasn't diminishing the importance of those games but as he laid out to the team in a video that was posted uh, via the football team's social media account, this is really when the season starts for Wisconsin because all the goals that they've laid out for themselves really begin now. And, and Lucas talked about this on multiple occasions that the, the idea is to compete for championships and, and this is when it starts. So yeah, Purdue doesn't appear to be a great team at this point, but this is still Wisconsin's first Big Ten game. It's on the road. It's a Friday night. The Badgers, just like the Boilermakers, have to figure out how to get it together on six days rest instead of seven, which I think is at least a minor part of this storyline. And there are some challenges that Wisconsin is going to have to deal with. So I think it's it's massive. And they obviously have a bye week, but we're going to learn a ton about this team. And really, to me, this is a game that shows can the Badgers do the Badgers have the potential to be what we thought they could be when the season started? Now they have not played to that level yet, but if you go out and get a decisive win on the road, even if it's against a Purdue team that doesn't appear to be great this season, it shows that Wisconsin has somewhere to go this season. And if you lose, that says an awful lot too. It shows you how far away the Badgers are from where fickle and everyone had hoped it would be. And we, as we talked about on the camp earlier this week, I think this is a situation where they have not played to the level that we thought that they could, but they've shown little flashes of how good we think they can be. And most of those have come in the third quarter. And how can they figure out how to do that in the first half? Do you think that is one of the bigger questions here as we head into this game? Can they turn something? It is a measuring stick game. There's no doubt about it. The only way that they're going to put themselves in a good position to come out and show that they can be something this year, I think, is to do it from the jump or at least very early in this game. It cannot be a situation where you fall behind like you did at Washington State. And I think Washington State's a better team than Purdue, but this is con this is conference football. This is a team that has not beaten you in 20 years, and you know Ryan Walters is going to play that up. Uh, I heard him talk this week about it. You know, this is a team that we have to beat. That logo, we have to beat that logo. And so, I to me, it has to jump, or it has to be from the jump. It has to be from the start. They have to play the way that we think that they can from the beginning for me to feel really good about it. Now, if they go ahead and just 
do what they did these past few weeks and then they go and win the game at the end. Okay. But that will not give me a lot of confidence moving forward. It's still like, okay, they're still that team that can't put it together in the first half. Well, these are all smart guys who are on the team and they are aware that their performance in the first half has not been good enough. And it's hammered home every time either Luke or the players have to talk to us because it's a talking point. It's an obvious storyline, but it is very much at the forefront of what this team is right now and what it isn't. So it has to be a focal point coming into this game because the last thing they want to do is go into halftime trailing and then you get the crowd. It's a night game and they're really excited to have a chance to pull off an upset. You just don't want to put yourself in that situation yet again, no matter how well you've played in the second half, because we saw against Washington state and yes, the Cougars are a better team, but you you put yourself in that position and you do everything you can to come back. And sometimes it's not enough. So to me, that's one of the things I'm absolutely watching for is can this team do what it's done in the second half and the first half and really put together. I don't know if a team can fully put together a, a complete game. I mean, we've seen it on occasion, but something close to a complete game at this stage of the season would show the progress that Wisconsin is making something better than a one quarter performance. Very much so. Right? Like that's, I'm not asking for a lot here. I'm just asking for more than a quarter. (laughs) Show me that you can be the Badgers of the third quarter more than just for a quarter. And we've seen a little, I mean, again, they played okay in the fourth quarter, uh, at least to start it, you know, in both. And obviously they finished out the game against, Georgia Southern and all that good stuff. And and Buffalo was kind of the same way, but they weren't able to finish it off in the fourth quarter. They put themselves in way too much of a hole against Washington state to come back and and fight back out of that. You don't want to, you want to don't do not want to do that on a Friday night in West Lafayette uh, against a team that probably feels like it has its back up against the wall and needs, and needs a win. Just like Wisconsin kind of wants to go down there and, and get their season off to the, to the right start. So Wisconsin and a whole bunch of other teams brought in transfer quarterbacks this off season, Purdue did as well. And obviously with uh, Jeff Brom going down to Louisville, going back home to Louisville, they have a new, they have a new coach. They have a new offense. It's not totally, totally different than, than what they have been doing before, but they do have a new man leading that. And that is Hudson card. They transfer from Texas and he's thrown for a bunch of yards, but it has not necessarily any, and he's completing a bunch of his passes, but it hasn't necessarily been as easy as I think maybe some people thought it was going to be just to roll in there and, and figure things out right away. But they do have, as they seemingly always do, a guy that can beat you over the top very, very quickly in Dion Burks. I mean, he's got nine catches for 221 yards already. He's got all three of Hudson Card's touchdowns. It is, I think it's going to be a, a real tough task. And I, I'm not forgetting about Devin Mockaby because he gave Wisconsin all he could handle last year, uh, the the former walk-on. And I and that's the up. I'll get to that in a second. But I think Hudson Card, Dion Deion Burks and some of the other receivers based on what we've seen from Wisconsin secondary is going to be a challenge. If they're going to play as much man defense as we've seen to this point. Pickle talked about as that as well, which is he said, they're going to continue to play a lot of man defense. They obviously believe in it. And he said, based on what, what other teams have done, he thinks they're going to do the same with Burks, try to move him around, try to get him into space. He's had tremendous success thus far. I believe those numbers amount to about, 24 yards per reception, which is ridiculous. And Hudson Card, I think, is second in the Big Ten in passing yards. Yes, Purdue is generally a a pass-heavy offense, but they clearly have playmakers that 
can give Wisconsin trouble. And it's, it's going to be one of the key storylines. I think there are, there are a handful of things that we've talked about in every game that are going to be the things that either hold this team back or help to elevate the Badgers to potentially win the West. And the other thing is produce two losses. They've come against teams that are both three and oh, now that that doesn't necessarily mean much. I mean, Syracuse's other two wins were to lesser opponents, but Fresno state beat Arizona state. So I just wonder, I mean, you see that they're one and two and you just think, ah, Purdue, they're just not very good. And maybe they're not, but they might be better than the record indicates. We'll see. Yeah. So the, I mentioned Devin Mockaby who had, uh, I think like three or four 100 yard games last year. And one of them was against Wisconsin. And I coming into this year, I had a significant question about whether Wisconsin was going to be able to stop the run with the way that they were going to play defense. And to this point they have, I mean, they, they rank 26th in the country against the run. They're, you know, allowing less than three yards a carry. It's like 91 yards a game. They haven't necessarily faced anybody that's actually tried to run the ball on them. I don't know. I don't think Purdue's going to try and do it like a lot, but I think Devin Mockaby showed last year that he can be a bit of a pain because he's, he is going to run hard. And we've seen at times, at times, Wisconsin struggle to tackle. And I think maybe that was unfair because it was a lot of it was in game one, but there have been flashes of it these last two games. Where do you, is, where's your confidence level that Wisconsin be able to stop the run the way that they have in this non-conference season, uh, the, the way that they have pretty much the last 10 years are going to continue to be able to do that once big 10 play starts. I have more confidence right now in the run defense than I do the pass defense. That's largely because where have we seen the big plays? It's come in the pass defense. That doesn't mean those guys can't have a really solid performance. We've seen good performances. We just saw the defense record five interceptions. Obviously, there were some big plays, but the first three opponents have averaged 42 passes per game. So you're bound to give up some big ones. But I I like where things have progressed with the front seven. We know about the inside linebackers. The defensive line, while maybe there isn't a superstar there, I think they've been able to affect the game. And Luke Fickle talked about that uh, earlier in the week, that three of the five interceptions against Georgia Southern were the result of defensive linemen making plays, getting pressure, even if it didn't necessarily show up as a sack or anything like that. So I expect them to have more success with the run defense, and I think that's here to stay. Only two teams are facing more passing attempts per game than Wisconsin going into this game, San Diego State and Colorado State. Uh, Wisconsin facing 42 passes per game through these first three games, and they have given up a lot of yards. They're ranked 114th in the country. You look at the yards per attempt, which is probably more important, they're kind of middle of the pack. I mean, they're they're 49th, which, again, isn't great, but it's not as bad as maybe the yards would appear to be. Would you agree with that, or is it just? Are you? Am I trying to? Am I trying to make this a little bit too easy for him? No, I I do agree with that. I mean, the the more volume there is, the more likelihood there's going to be a a big play, and there have been a handful, and that is certainly a concern. But um, you know, the more teams are able to do that, the more other teams are going to watch the film and try to figure out how to replicate it. And it doesn't take much to we we have seen get into position to score. Let's flip over to the other side of the ball where Wisconsin has at times been able to find good through the air and then not so great. And then good through the run and then not so great. I thought last week was their best, you know, 
performance in terms of marrying the two. I thought that they would be able to do it better than they did, but they were still over, you know, 250 over, over 250 passing right around 210 rushing. What do you expect from this Wisconsin offense on Friday night? Because uh, the last time Ryan Walters saw this Wisconsin offense, he had a much better defense, had a much better defense. I'm going to, I'll, I'll give him credit for that, but him and his, him and the Illinois defense just stopped Wisconsin out last year. That was a day when Braylon Allen carried eight times and ran for, was it two yards? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and obviously we know what happened the next day with, uh, <laughs> with Paul Christ, but I expect this to be the best version of Wisconsin that it has put on the field to date. Having said that, I don't know what, I don't know what that means. It's not like I expect a totally complete game, but we've been talking about how great Wisconsin has been in the third quarter. And I just think that they've got so much more to give that they know the time is now. So you got to be able to show it. And that's what I think Wisconsin is going to be able to do. It's an interesting thing because you look back at what happened in that Syracuse game this past uh, Saturday night it was on NBC. So I, I, I watched a lot of it because I knew obviously they're going to be going to uh, Wisconsin to be going down there and Garrett Schrader, the quarterback for Syracuse has the ability to run a little bit and he burned them. He had 195 yards rushing. It's not like he's a pure rusher. He kind of has, I mean, he's, he's a bigger body. He's probably a little bit, Meh, maybe he's about the same size as Tanner Mordecai, but we kind of saw what Tanner Mordecai was able to do with his feet. Do you think Wisconsin's eyes kind of get wide a little bit and be like, hey, maybe we can take advantage of some of those things that Syracuse did? Well, Tanner Mordecai may not be considered a mobile quarterback, but look what he's been able to do in certain situations. He had an 18-yard touchdown run, and he managed to get into the end zone on a poor snap that should have gone to Ches Malusi, but he had the wherewithal to, to push it forward. And I even go back to that 16 yard touchdown throw that he had to Skylar bell. He has more elusiveness than I think people give him credit for. He was able to escape Ron stone jr. And put a really nice throw on Skylar bell. So while that may not be the first thing that comes to mind, when you think about Tanner Mordecai, it is absolutely a part of his game. Um, and I think he, there was a play in the season opener that comes to mind too, where he rolled out to the right side. The defender had him for what should have been a six-yard loss, and he escaped and managed to pick up positive yardage. And just those are small things that make a world of difference. So I'm not expecting 195 yards from Tanner Mordecai. I don't think him running will be the focal point. But if he has to, he can do it. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. We're going to come back uh, on the other side, give our picks. We are at, or I am at, I should say, Monks in Sun Prairie uh, for Temple and Heilprin. And we're here every Thursday from 6 to 7. Some great drink specials that they have. And you can come on down here for Packers and Badgers games. Come here on Friday night. I bet you it's going to be crazy here tomorrow night as uh, bad the Badgers take on Purdue down there. They've got $15 buckets of domestic beer. And then they also have jello shots for every touchdown that Wisconsin or the Packers score for that matter. Packers second highest, second highest scoring team in the NFL through two weeks. So lots of shots being had stop on by again. We'll be back on the other side. Give you our, our picks for the week. You're listening to temple and Heil print. All right, welcome back into Temple and High Alprin. We're live at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie here every Thursday from 6 to 7. Lots of TVs, lots of football, 
NFL football coming up here in just a little bit. Jesse, I want to get to our picks. You had uh, a solid week. We both had solid weeks. I mean, 50 50 is a solid week. You went you went three and three. I went three and three. You are now eleven and seven on the year. I am the reverse of that. I'm seven and eleven on the year. How you feeling? I'm feeling better than you. <laughs> All right, let's let's jump into these here. Uh, lots of after not too many marquee matchups last week, plenty of marquee matchups this week. We'll get to the Wisconsin Purdue game last, even though it is the first one out of these. But the the first one that stands out jumps out to me: Colorado traveling to Oregon, the nineteenth ranked Colorado Buffaloes at the tenth ranked Oregon Ducks in Oregon, Oregon. And I wonder if Dion will ever mention this. Maybe he probably won't mention this his team at all. They are Oregon's a twenty one point favorite against a team against a ranked team. That, to me, is a huge number. It is a massive number, and I don't know how much of this has to do with Travis Hunter not being available, an incredible two-way player. But I think Colorado is going to figure out a way to cover. I don't think the Buffaloes are going to win. Oregon has a lot to prove, too. Bo Nix is putting together a fantastic season. Don't think he's thrown an interception yet, so it's an extremely tough environment. But Colorado has shown me through three games that it is better than a team that will go in there and lose by more than three touchdowns. I I just don't see it with that offense. Um, I know, again, they should have lost the other night. Colorado State had an opportunity to put them away, and they couldn't get it done. And so Colorado gets to you know, push it in everybody's faces for another week. That said, it's very difficult for me to see go in there and see them not being able to stay within 21 points of Oregon. So I'm going to go Colorado as well. Another one out there in uh, the Pac-12, and this one actually is the Pac-2. It's Oregon State, undefeated, 14th ranked in the country, heading into, where do they play? Pullman, uh, where we were just a few weeks ago, 21 ranked, 21st ranked Washington State, and Oregon State's a three-point favorite in that game. I like Washington State in this one, obviously. I you and I both had up close and personal views of them, so I've I've seen more, but I like what Cameron Ward can do. He's got some pieces to work with, and we saw how talented that team is, which, as we've talked about, might end up being the second-best opponent Wisconsin has on its regular season schedule this year. So you're taking Washington State in that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Oregon State. I mean, DJU out there re, uh, resurrecting his career. He's not the only you know, former quarterback from the southern southeastern parts of uh, the country that is up there in the in the in the Pacific Northwest trying to do something. I, I love I actually really like their defense as well. I think John, um, I think it's a, I think it's a really good team. And I again, you can say Washington State's good, and I think they are. And they may be Wisconsin, the second best team on Wisconsin schedule. Wisconsin schedule isn't very good. I'm going to take <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Oregon State. The other one, uh, the big one, game day is going to be there in South Bend. Ohio State traveling to take on Notre Dame. Ohio State ranked sixth in the country. Notre Dame ninth. Ohio State a three-point favorite going into South Bend. I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I like what Sam Hartman Hartman has been able to do. He's a 26th-year senior, but (laughs) – I don't know. I I just think it's going to be really tough. And Ohio State, I know they just demolished uh, a lesser phone week three. But the first two weeks were not overly impressive. Didn't blow out Indiana. Played Youngstown State in week two, two, I believe. And uh, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. Like some people might might think that they found something there, right? Like with Kyle McCord in the offense, they they have it figured out. 
I don't think so. I, I don't think this is a situation a couple of years ago where CJ Stroud went on the road against Minnesota in that opener. And it took a little bit, it took a little while for them to get going offensively in that game. And then they kind of blew it out. And then they blew out the rest of the, the rest of the season. I don't, I don't envision that right now with Kyle McCord, despite how good Marvin Harrison jr. Is I'm going to take Notre Dame as well. Another one in the big 10, a big one, especially for Wisconsin's chances in the West, Iowa putting their undefeated record on the road or excuse me, at uh, stake here against Penn state on the road, a whiteout likely I would assume. Um, and uh, that game, Penn state, a 14 and a half point favorite in that one at home. 14 and a half feels like a lot. Um, I know Iowa has, well, they put up a ton of points last week, but I just think they really sound defense and I expect them. I, I expect this to be a one possession type of game. I think Penn state's going to win, but I like Iowa with, with 14 and a half to work with. Iowa dealing with some injuries at uh, running back. Uh, I don't think Cade McNamara has been uh, great. They did put up 41 points last week to your chagrin uh, because they did it mostly in the fourth quarter <laughs> and uh, allowed them to cover. I'm going to take Penn state, Penn state at home, Drew Lahr, I think they, I don't think their defense, I don't think their defense is going to allow anything for Iowa's offense. So it's going to be, it's going to be a tough sledding. And I think Penn state's offense scores again. So I'm going to, or scores enough. I'm going to take Penn state. Uh, the, the last game it's Rutgers at Michigan. The only way, the reason I put this one on here is it's Michigan's a 24 point favorite at home against an unbeaten Rutgers team. Mm-hmm. Who's already one and zero in big 10 play. They are, I mean, they have, they're in a tie for first right now. Well, you have to factor in the, uh, Jim Harbaugh is back. Oh, that's right. So I want, give me all the points. I want Michigan. I'm going to take Michigan as well. Yeah. Pouring it on. They haven't been overly impressive on offense so far, but I I probably, I would agree with that. I'm going to take Michigan as well. And the final game here, Wisconsin traveling to Purdue Friday night, Wisconsin, a six point favorite looking for win number 17 in a row. I I like Wisconsin. Um, I think they're going to put it together here. And, uh, I'm feeling good coming off uh, picking them to cover and them somehow managing to do it in the fourth quarter. So uh, the good times are going to roll for the Badgers. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take it. I think it's going to be a closer game. I think it's going to be a a single, like a a one score game. And so I'm going to take Purdue to cover. I got Wisconsin winning, but I think Purdue covers. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Wisconsin and Purdue tomorrow night. We'll be there. And then obviously next week we'll be back here Uh, again. We're going to be here every Thursday from six to seven. Uh, really do appreciate everyone listening. If you missed anything, you can check it out on the podcast. You can get that. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Jesse, thank you very much. Thanks, Zach. See you in West Lafayette. All right, there he is. Jesse Temple from The Athletic. You've been listening to Temple in Heilprint.